All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So this week, I actually decided to uh, try something different with the uh, topics. So if you follow the uh, podcast on Instagram at Nick Sports Talk 24, um, I'll let you guys, the fans, give me some topics you, uh, that you'd want to hear about uh, this week. So the people who answered wanted, wanted to hear these topics this week, which were uh, Adam Fox of the New York Rangers, looking into ownership groups that own multiple teams across different leagues, uh, a Masters recap, the New York Giants draft prospects, why I feel Julian Edelman is is an All-Famer, and NFL roster changes such as free agent signings, trades, and things like that. So, um, diving right in, uh, Adam Fox is once again getting the attention he deserves on this podcast because he currently leads the uh, NHL in points for defenseman and assist. Behind Adam Fox is the Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman, who is also having a great year, as usual, because Tampa Bay are a very good hockey team. But switching back to uh, Adam Fox, he's really helped the Rangers make a playoff push, and they currently sit fi- uh, in fifth place and are four points behind the Boston Bruins. And they're looking like a really good uh, hockey team right now, and I can't deny that. And It, it sucks to say it, but they're looking really good. Um and the Rangers actually end up uh, play the they play the Devils tonight uh, in Madison Square Garden, and then they play tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden, I believe, and they play another game in uh, the Prudential Center. So I feel like uh, they can actually catch up to the Bruins because the Devils uh, they're not very good because they're currently rebuilding, and they traded away all their uh, veteran players and have just gone full taking on the full youth uh, movement right now, and I'm all for that, but I'll get I'll get into that a little bit later. The next topic is all about different ownership groups that uh, ownership groups that own multiple teams in different leagues. So the newest group to own a sports team is Alex Rodriguez, the former uh, Yankee third baseman, and Mark Lore, who is a billionaire, are fi- finalizing a deal to purchase the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. So, A-Rod and Lore became the newest group to uh, buy a team, and there are some other notable ones, like Stan Cranky, who owns the Los Angeles Rams, Arsenal's, the Arsenal uh, Football Club, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Colorado Rapids, and some uh, other teams in esports and some other uh, organizations. Um, Wes Edens, who is a co-owner of the Milwaukee Bucks and also owns... Um, Aston Villa, who uh, play in the Premier League. The Abu Dhabi United Group owns Manchester, Manchester City and uh, New York City FC. Shahid Khan owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham FC. The Mets are now owned by Steve Cohen, who purchased them from the Wilpon family. And the final owner I'll talk about, because they've been a dynasty in uh, sports ownership, has been the Steinbrenner family, who have owned the New York Yankees since 1973. So just a little background of some famous uh, groups or people that own uh, multiple uh, sports teams. The recap of the Masters is that Hideki Matsuyama won with a 10-under, and second place was Will... Zalatoris at 9-under, and then tied for third place was Jordan Spieth and Xander Schoffel at 7-under, and fifth place was John Rahm at 6-under. 
And it's really nice to see Matsuyama play great, uh, great golf and win the Masters and also go on to become the first Asian-born man to win a green jacket. So congratulations to him. Now, going into a another topic that's near and dear to my heart in the New York Giants with two weeks until the NFL draft, I could I have no clue how they're going to handle this this draft pick at the 11th overall selection. So a lot of mock drafts have them taken. Devonta Smith, who's a wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, Micah Parsons from Penn State, who's a linebacker. Jalen Waddell, who's another Alabama wide receiver. Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, who's an offensive tackle. And Quiddy Payne, who is from Michigan, and he's an edge rusher. So these are the names I'm hearing a lot about, and I like all of them, but I feel like an edge rusher or an offensive tackle are more important for the Giants than adding a receiver like Waddle or Smith, and that's only because they don't have a lot of edge help um, right now uh, on their defense. And as everybody knows, the Giants' offensive line has been horrendous. So I'm thinking... uh, I'm thinking... Uh, Micah, Par- Micah Parsons from Penn State, Quiddy Payne from Michigan, and Rashawn Slater from Northwestern are the three most likely candidates to be selected if they don't get selected at, at an earlier pick than that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind getting a Devonta Smith or a Jalen Waddle to just really round out that receiving core for the Giants. But I still think that an offensive tackle or an edge rusher slash uh, linebacker is the best move that the Giants can possibly make um, with that number 11, uh, with the 11th overall pick in the draft this year. Sticking with the NFL, um, Julian Edelman, in my opinion, is not a Hall of Famer, but he is a Hall of Famer for the Patriots organization. I don't think he... I don't think he's Canton bound because his stats are yeah he won three Super Bowls and a Super Bowl he had a Super Bowl MVP but the stats which mean a lot he had six thousand eight hundred twenty two receiving yards which ranks one hundred fifty sixth all time and thirty six receiving touchdowns which he's tied for two hundred sixty first all time and I mean the stats kind of speak for themselves I just think that is he a was he a good receiver yeah but he didn't have that you know, elite, he doesn't have the elite stats to back up going into the Hall of Fame with, uh, you know, receivers like Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, all these other guys. So I think that he's a Hall of Famer uh, for the Patriots, but I don't think he'll, he'll be in Canton. Some interesting free agent signings actually happened this week in the NFL, and one was uh, Jadavion Clowney, who signed a one-year deal worth up to $10 million with the Cleveland Browns. He joins Miles Garrett, and he's essentially doing this to prove that he can dominate. And I feel like this is an interesting signing for the Cleveland Browns because, you know, I didn't necessarily think they needed a, a guy to partner with Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett's already one of the, one of the best uh, edge guys. But, you know, it is a, a little bit of a risky contract. It's only, you know, a one-year deal, but, you know, $10 million to a guy who could be great if he can get back to what he was or, um, or you know, he'll end up performing pretty badly because that's what he's done these last few years. He's had a lot of injuries. That's the other thing is he hasn't seemed to stay healthy. 
And I think that's a big problem with Jadavion Clowney. But if he can stay healthy and and uh, play almost every game for the Cleveland Browns, I think that he'll do a pretty good job because if Miles Garrett is double teamed, he'll have a whole he'll have a gap to shoot into and uh, collect a lot of sacks this year if it's uh, if that's how it goes for the uh, Cleveland Browns. And all the final. Uh, tidbit for our free agent signing in the NFL was Alden Smith was signed to the Seahawks on a one-year deal, and I think this is more of the, more of a depth move for the Seahawks to add a pass rusher who can help if someone gets hurt or he, if he impresses in training camp can be a start starting player on that defense. So I think it's a good move by the Seahawks to uh, get a guy like Alden Smith who can play really well um, when he's given the opportunity, but the Seahawks have a stacked defense as we've known that because their defense has been very solid for the last few years, but not a bad move. Uh, I like the, uh, I like the move for the Seahawks and these are the only two, uh, signings, uh, I wrote down cause I figured they, they were a little bit more important, but as time goes on and the draft and everything, I'll keep you all updated on, uh, what goes on in the NFL. Transitioning now to the NBA, we have uh, some interesting news regarding some three players, and it's Marcus Aldridge has retired from the NBA after an irregular heartbeat was found, and um, his career stats are 1,209 games played. He has um, his field goal percentage was. Uh, 49.1%. His three-point percentage was 32.1. His free throw was 81.1. He averaged 8.2 rebounds, two assists, one block, 0.7 steals, and uh, 19.4 points. So it's a very respectable career for um, LaMarcus Aldridge. And, you know, it, it sucks sucks to see him go out that way. I'm, I'm sure he went to the Nets to... Uh, go win a champion go contend for a championship but you know you got to take your health first before your career and i i praise him for doing that so good for him uh it sucks the way it happened but at least he's going out uh in a way that he won't put himself in any danger uh, we have two injuries to cover in the uh, NBA, and that's Jamal Murray is going to miss the rest of the NBA season with a torn ACL. And this season, Murray had twenty-one point two point had was averaging twenty-one point two points, four point four rebounds, and four point eight assists. And he'll definitely be missed. And it'll be interesting now to see what happens with the Nuggets because they had gotten rid of a few guys, but now the Nuggets are really going to have to lean on Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, and um, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, and Michael Porter Jr. So I think that it'll be really interesting to see what they decide to do for these this next stretch of games that they've got before the playoffs start. But I think the Nuggets can still uh, continue to perform uh, very well. Jokic, Porter, and Aaron Gordon are all three great players that can really do uh, do some damage to teams. So. I think it, uh, you know, it sucks to lose one of your guys like that, and but I think the Nuggets will be all right, and I think they'll they'll make a playoff run this year. They're they're pretty they're very good basketball. They've been, they've been a very good basketball team all season. Uh, now the final 
piece of uh, one of the final pieces of NBA news is that James Wiseman ended up tearing his meniscus, unfortunately, and is out for the rest of the season. And the the rookie was having a decent season so far for the Warriors. He was averaging 11.5 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 0.7 assists. Not bad at all for a rookie, but I think if he ends up staying with Golden State, I think he'll have a really good career, and um, I think it'll really work out for him if he can. Uh, stay healthy because you know these are this tough uh, tough injury torn meniscus you know he'll be out for a while so but always got to think on the positive side for that so uh, one thing I just want to touch upon before we get to the final piece of NBA news is Luka Doncic hit a fantastic shot last night uh, to beat the Memphis Grizzlies just want to wanted to throw that in there because Luca is a fantastic player, and to top that off, uh, I believe he's got. I was talking with um, one of my buddies last night, and I believe he's got three uh, game winners so far in his career, which is pretty impressive in its own. The final piece of NBA news is that Steph Curry, through the month of April, has been on an absolute tear. He's been averaging 39.9 points per game. 6.9 rebounds per game, 57% from uh, the field, 50% from the three-point line, and averages about 6.7 threes per game. That is just an unbelievable um, an unbelievable stat line just for, for one month. So I, I really love to see Steph going out there and proving that he could still ball out because, you know, he had a – uh, injury last year and you know forced him to uh miss a lot of time but it's nice to see him back in the uh back in his zone and absolutely killing it for the warriors now here's a little bit of a topic i don't really want to talk about but i have to and that is that the yankee season is off to a very 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 rough start they are 5-7 and seven and third in the American League East, and their offense has looked horrendous, and they can't get anything going. They're striking out a lot. They're popping out a lot. Um, luckily, though, the one bright spot is Aaron Judge was able to uh, have a multi-home run game the other night against the Blue Jays, but or the other the other afternoon, but unfortunately they, they, they lost the game in extra innings, which sucks, but... Their starting rotation is a little shaky after Garrett Cole because Garrett Cole is one of the most dominant pitchers right now in the entire MLB. But after that, Kluber hasn't looked good. Talion is coming off that Tommy John surgery and hasn't pitched in over a year. Um, they don't necessarily have a starter, another a third starter, because Domingo Herman was optioned to the alternate site because he had two terrible, terrible performances for the Yankees this season. And... I think that it'll be Davey Garcia filling that role in for the Yankees. Uh, they might use that, also use that spot to do an opener because their bullpen has been very good, but they've been having to use their bullpen a lot more often, so they're not as rested as they should be. And Jay Bruce is awful at first base, and I understand you know why they still play him. It just it sucks because he's not very good. And I, I think the ideal infield right now for the Yankees, since Voight is out and can't play uh, because he's rehabbing a partially torn meniscus, 
can't play. So I think an ideal infield would be DJ LeMayu at first, uh, Rudinette Odor at second, Gleyber Torres at shortstop, and Gio Urshela at third base. I think that, that that infield works perfectly fine. You get the gold Glover and DJ at first, and he can play multiple multiple positions, which is, which is nice. And then, you know, um, they got to call up Mike Ford and and utilize him a little bit more often than uh, now, especially because they, they need first baseman because Jay Bruce is just he, – he's a defensive liability. So – I'll keep you guys all updated on the way the Yankees uh, season uh, continues, and hopefully they can turn it around. So, now transitioning to another team that's playing bad is the New Jersey Devils, who have pretty much accepted defeat for the rest of the season. Mentioned it before, uh, you know, uh, earlier in the podcast about how the, they're playing the Rangers and, you know, they're not. Uh, the fir- Rangers took that first game uh, three nothing, so it was a little bit tough to watch. But I can't, I can't blame the Devils for what they're doing because they're focusing on developing their developing their youth. And uh, to be honest, I'm okay with that. It, it's what they need to do. They need to assess what they've got so far and. Uh, Build on those pieces that they've gotten. Jack Hughes, Yegor Sharangovich, Nico Heischer, uh, Ty Smith, Michael McLeod, Yanni Kulkin, and all these guys. Um, so I agree with what they're doing. It, but it, you know, they traded um, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak to the Islanders. That one kind of hurt a little bit. You know, I like both of those guys. Travis Ajak was the longest tenured Devil at the time, but they got to go younger. And I get that. It's just I really wish they didn't go to the Islanders. I don't like the Islanders. But they traded uh, Dmitry Kulikov to the Oilers. And Sammy Votnam was claimed off waivers by the Dallas Stars. And Nikita Gusev was put on waivers and cleared them. And he's currently a free agent. So, you know, they got rid of a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of veterans and older guys off the team to make way for these younger guys. And I get it. You know, it makes sense. It's a, you know, a shortened season too. So at this point, just call up the young guys, let them play. Let, let me, uh, let's see what they've got. So I like what they're doing. It's, and hopefully next season they'll, uh, they'll be a little bit more competitive. Um, that and in the loss, unfortunate loss to the three uh, nothing loss to the Rangers, Nico Heischer ended up making his debut. Uh, his not his debut, return from injury. Uh, wearing a cage on his face so he doesn't get hit in the face again. Um, that was nice to see. Nice to have the captain back on the ice. And tonight, the Devils will be without Pavel Zaka and Jesper Bratt, who are both out. And the Devils actually did make one trade for a player. It was a, They traded a third-round conditional pick from the Arizona Coy- Coyotes that they got from the Taylor Hall trade to the Capitals for defenseman Jonas uh Siegenthaler. So, I like the move. You know, Siegenthaler is a, a pretty young defenseman. I believe he's only 23. So, he can hopefully uh, help out down the road. And I just, uh, I believe, I think that having another young defense defensive piece like that will, who's had some NHL time will help uh, the team further down the road. Now, moving on to the final piece of the 
ep- of this episode, which is soccer. So Arsenal advanced in the Europa League by beating Salvia uh, Prague for nothing. Goals were scored by Nicolas Pepe, Bukayo Saka, and two goals came from Alexander Lacazette. So great team win by Arsenal. They advanced uh, in Europa League and they're because they're trying to get back into Champions League. Arsenal will, however, be without Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for a while because he ended up contracting malaria while on international duty with his country, Gabon. And, you know, this sucks because he was really starting to play play better when uh, they went out, before they went out on international duty. And now, it, since he's uh, contracted the disease... He's being treated for it, which is good, but he was saying, you know, he didn't he didn't feel great for the last few weeks, and I'm hoping uh, they can get him back soon before the season ends, so he can uh, get some more playing time in as the captain of the team and help them, hopefully, win uh, Europa League. Barcelona has lost to Real Madrid 2-1 this weekend in a El Clasico match, and Real has now jumped ahead of Barca for the tight um, La Liga race. And right now, Atletico Madrid is only safe by one point in first with 67 points. And Real is right behind with 66. And Barca is behind Real with 65. So it is a really tight race. And it's really it's really nice to watch. Um, it's really nice to watch these three teams battle uh, for the... Uh, tr- the league trophy uh, in Spain. The final piece is now Champions League, and Chelsea lost to Porto one uh, nothing, but ended up advancing two one on aggregate, and they end up they will end up taking on Real Madrid. Bayern Munich beat PSG one nothing, but lost on away goals, and the uh, PSG will now take on Manchester Manchester City. Manchester City ended up beating Dortmund 2-1 and 1-4-2 on aggregate to advance. And Real Madrid and Liverpool tied, but Real Madrid advanced 3-1 on aggregate. So April 27th, Real Madrid will take on Chelsea. And I think Real will win this because Real has been playing some fantastic soccer. And by then, I'm sure they'll have Ramos and uh, Danny Carvajal and Rafael Varane all back in their lineup, which will really help uh, boost their morale for Champions League, and I think that they can make it to the Champions League final. Uh, PSG will play Manchester City, and believe it or not, I think that Manchester City will win this uh, series because Manchester City has a great defense, uh, and they have a very well-balanced offense, but they obviously, obviously just have to watch out for Kylian Mbappe and Neymar. So that pretty much wraps it up for this week. So I hope you all have a have a great night.